This is the show where two friends from different parts of the world discuss all things, all elite wrestling. And one of them actually knows what they're talking about. We'll let you decide. Welcome to the Beauty and the Beard Pro Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, Woody and Sarah. Welcome, everybody, to your AEW Dynamite review for October 23rd, 2021. Uh, Dynamite is coming to us this week from Orlando, Florida. Uh, once again, on a Saturday night, it uh, seems like just yesterday we had Rampage. Because we did. And it seems like it just, just today. Like Ten minutes ago, we had Rampage. <laughs> it seems like, yeah, it seems like just today we talked about Rampage because, you, just like you said, we did. We did just talk about Rampage. Uh, so here we are talking about Dynamite. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised I'm, we never got confused what we are actually talking about the way we do this sometimes. Yeah, you would, you would think at some point I'll say Rampage when it should be Dynamite, Dynamite when it should be Rampage. Um, and I still might. We're just now starting this one. So there's still time to, to screw up before it's over with. Uh, but yeah, a, a great episode of Dynamite. Um, just as we had a great episode of Rampage. Yeah, this was a fun Dynamite. Um, I think the ending of this Dynamite, though, will be a little more fun for some people than it will be for others. I will so. only talk about that when we get there. Okay. <laughs> All I'm right. still not over it. <laughs> um, but please, before we uh, before we get started, I want to remind everybody to check out all of our content, our Dynamite Rampage reviews, Q&As, topic discussions, interviews and reviews and previews of pay-per-views. Also, please give us a follow on Twitter. You can follow the channel at BeautyXTheBeard. You can follow me at LetTheBeardPlay. And you can follow Sarah at Strange underscore Pixie. You can. And please give us a follow on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you podcast at, so you don't miss any of the shows that we put out each week. Yep. Uh, we do we do put out a few each week. Yep. Um, so with that out of the way, uh, Sarah. Yes. You ready to talk some dynamite? I am. Let's go. All right. Um, the show opened with, man, what this felt like a classic classic yeah. match between Brian Danielson and Dustin Rhodes in a world title eliminator tournament match. Um, just hard hitting stuff from two. Uh, I want to I just said grizzled veterans is what they feel like uh, in, in the wrestling world, not just in AEW. They've been in so many places over the years and um, man, they put on a clinic. Uh, but in the end, it was Brian winning after he locked in a submission move and the ref had to stop it as Dustin apparently had lost consciousness. He wasn't responding. So uh, they stopped the match due to that. So no tapping out, nothing like that. Just he, he couldn't couldn't respond. So Brian Anderson picks up the hard fought victory over Dustin Rhodes. Uh, what did you think about this opener? I'm loving Brian Danielson's uh, little mean streak he's got. Mm-hmm. He literally, I, I know they shaked hands at the beginning, but yeah, he literally went, right, shake hands. Right now, I'm going to kick your head off. Um, oh. them, seriously, them kicks, like, oh, I just mm-hmm. want a match between him and Malachi Black just for the kicks. Just to see who, who succeeds up. 
well, Who knocking kicks somebody out first. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and Dustin Rhodes looked phenomenal in this. He um, did. Like uh, the crowd got behind him, even though like Brian Dennis was possibly the most over person apart from yeah. CM Punk in the entire company. Um, people were still rooting for Dustin Rhodes, which says a lot about. Mm-hmm. The work that he's oh. put in in this match and like you know in his career because he is yeah. like really respected. Um, mm-hmm. This was just like this match seemed just so intense for the opener, mm-hmm. and I love it when AEW does these types of matches to begin with because it like just throws you everything in your face. So if you've never yeah. seen AEW before and this is the first thing you've ever seen. Like, you're going to be like, wow, like, okay, what's next? Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, this, this this felt, I know the match went for a while, but it felt like it didn't go for that long. It was that's, just, like, the... really quick, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a sign of a good match, an entertaining match, when it's, like, 20 minutes, but it feels like it's five. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, and uh, the what you said, you hit the nail on the head with the crowd being so into Dustin Rhodes is it's like a sign of respect. Even though we know he's not going to win this match, no. the crowd was into it, and so was I and 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 you mm-hmm. because of how hard fought it was. And we know Dustin's going to lose, but it's just that sign of respect because we don't know how many more matches we're going to see from Dustin Rhodes, no. especially if at this level because yeah, this exactly. felt like high level professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we still we man Dustin still got it every time we see it, but you still don't know. I mean, we know he may still wrestle for a while. I'm not saying he's retiring or anything like that, but you know he's getting to that point where you don't know how he's going to be able to perform at that high level. I mean, and he he, de- he, he definitely he did of, in this match. He matched up with Brian Danielson really mm-hmm. well, considering the guy's age and you know how much of his career he's right wrestled for and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he he was at the same intensity level, so there was kind of even on Brian Dennison's face, he looked like, "What have I got to do to get this guy just to give up?" <laughs> like, yeah. it was it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Amen. Um, uh, next we got a segment with the uh, with Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Adam Cole. And Omega believes that he knows the true man behind Hangman Adam Page's cowboy persona. And he believes that person is a coward. Omega is confident that the new number one contender, his former tag partner, hasn't left the past in the past. He thinks the same old Hangman is still in there. Um, I don't think so, though. Do you? No. Um... (laughs) No, I think I think Hangman's been to therapy. Um, <laughs> go to therapy, kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this is such a weird, like, little setup because you've got the books next to Omega, and then mm-hmm. the opposite side you've got Adam Cole, mm-hmm. and I'm just waiting. I'm literally, every time Adam Cole is anyone in Kenny Omega, I'm analysing that guy so much. I'm going, right, is there anything here that is like an inkling to where this is going to go? Um, it's got to implode at some point. And I'm literally just watching Adam Cole like, 
Is there anything that I can see, like a little nugget of just like, animosity? Yeah. Um, there's not. Yeah. So he's playing well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think Hangman's sound. I don't think we've got to worry. I think you you just see Adam Cole as that elite landmine right now, and you're just mm. waiting to see what sets am, it off. That's I what it is, like, right? I feel like he's um, a powder keg, just like slowly but surely, just getting a bit more, <laughs> a bit more intense. And just it's basically it's like what's happening with Wardlow, but times it up by ten. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, because oh, if you if you look at how they all act, because Omega definitely lends himself to a little bit of goofiness. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the young bucks do. We see it, they come out in rompers and whatever. Yeah. But the crazy facial hair and stuff. They definitely lend themselves to some some shenanigans mm-hmm. there with the where they look. Cole comes off as a little more serious, mm-hmm. a little more intense. Not that Kenny can get there. Oh yeah. Um, but. Cole seems more consistently there. Well, he, you could see he, he could be a little more put off by the goofiness, mm-hmm. although he does do the, the kiss thing with the kiss on the cheek. That you know, and that's that's a little bit of that too. But there's a little bit of less of that with Cole. I think, yeah, I, I think, think that's more just with the books. Yeah, what I'm thinking. True, Kenny Omega's mm-hmm. like the singled out person. Like I've said from like, well, pretty much ever since Kenny stole a title. Um, yeah. Once Don Carlos's prize pony drops that belt, mm. yep. everything's yep. going to start falling apart. And as sick and twisted as it sounds, I'm looking forward to that. I know you are. <laughs> I, think I think you and a lot of people are waiting for o- Omega to uh, fall apart. Yeah. Um, and that might be coming pretty soon. At the hands passed. of the page. <laughs> All right. Um, next, we uh, we heard from FTR, um, and put plain and simple, FTR, the new AAA tag champs, after defeating the Lucha Brothers last week, they want the AEW tag titles now. Uh, but Alex Abrahantes, uh sporting a black eye, and with Penta, they let let FTR know if they want to play dirty, revenge is coming. So it looks like we're getting FTR versus the Lucha Brothers for the AEW tag titles at full gear. Is that safe to assume? That's going to be such an interesting match. Mm-hmm. Because they've got a ground Phoenix. Yep. Um, they've no option. <laughs> they have to. This will be probably... I mean, we know FTR were against the Bucks and the Bucks are like, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, fires and stuff, but nothing like Ray Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, because um, well, we just saw them take the AAA tag titles, but they they yeah by underhanded means uh, yeah. from the Lucha Brothers. Um, so you you think we get some type of stipulation match because Alex saying you know you guys want to play dirty? Uh, so you think we're gonna get maybe uh you know false count anywhere, something like that? Because there's a little bit of an, an insinuation that something's coming. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if it's going to be a stipulation match or anything, but I have a funny feeling that um, Lucha Vos will be more prepared now they know 
they're facing yeah. FTR than what they thought they were facing. Yeah. Um, that's true. That's true. <laughs> the most grounded luchadors in the world. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I am looking forward to this. If it's a false yeah. count anywhere, um, then I mm. really hope Ray and Penta like play it safe because yeah, my well, you God. know. Um, you know, you know, Ray's or not. It's yeah. like, oh my god, I can't. Like, uh. um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I can't wait for this. It yep. should be, it should be interesting. But yeah, FTR kind of, um, kind of targeted themselves. So, yep. <laughs> That's for you guys. <laughs> yep. Yep. We'll uh, see what happens. Um, then, um. Yeah, then uh, MJF sent a strong message to Darby Allen, who apparently is still missing after being attacked by that unknown group of mass men a couple of mm. weeks ago. Still haven't found out who those guys were. No. But this message was sent via Sting because MJF interrupted an interview between the icon and Tony Schiavone. Uh, and he basically ran down Orlando and verbally assaulted Sting as he made his way to the ring, finally taking it too far by saying Darby is in the same place as Sting's old friend in a wheelchair, that friend being uh, Lex Luger. And if if anyone is not aware that Luger is now in a wheelchair, he's been in a wheelchair for a little while. Um, Yeah, again, MJF taking it just a little too far. Even that my sense... toes curled. <laughs> I know. Dude, come on. <laughs> that that sent Sting over the edge, though, as he laid into Max until reinforcements in the form of Wardlow and Sean Spears showed up and took down the icon. Eventually, Sting is beaten with a chair by Spears, and while holding the head of the battered legend, MJF looks into the camera and tells Darby that when he returns, this will be his fate because MJF is the past present and the future of professional wrestling Mm. yeah um so i enjoyed this and also this broke my heart at the same time yeah i'm an emotional wrestler watcher Uh, let's just say (laughs) um i know i know the whole wrestling premise but when you watch it like avidly as we do you really do Mm. get sucked into like feeling emotion um so, first of all, I'd like to credit MDF for one of the best lines I've ever heard. Um, Darby's little emo daddy. <laughs> I just popped so hard for that. I, was, mm. I just was like, what a line. Um, Darby's little emo daddy. Oh, my goodness. He's actually emo grandpa. Um, <laughs> yeah, let me just true. tell you. Because um, mm. he has two dads, and that is Ennio Mox. Um, <laughs> just saying, just so you get your facts right. Um, and the whole Lex Luger thing, like, oh my god, like, oh. yeah, oh man, you just wonder how this guy gets away with stuff. Um, yeah. and then when he was like, when he beat down Sting and like was holding his head up and stuff, I was just like. I was looking at Sting and I was like, is he all right? Because he looks like generally in pain right now. Yeah. But I, I don't know if that was kind of, you know, him selling or whatever, but I was generally worried for like a few seconds. Yeah. Like, 
He, what what's going on? He was selling it really well. Um yep. and then, you know, Sting gets up, thank God, and then MJF <laughs> just whacks him in the eyes with the ring. So yeah. you know. Um he's cherry a on nice, top. nice young man is MJF. He is, he is, so Nice, nice feller. Uh, yeah. I, I did, I did notice uh, one of your favorite moments happen again. Uh, Sean Spears with the chair oh, shot. Man. He had the the uh, look of pleasure upon his face after Sean the chair Spears, shot again. Happy with a chair and a beanie. It's like yeah, yeah. And I, I thought about that. Was like emo daddy, and then Sean Spears in skin tight black jeans, black <laughs> black top, black beanie hat. Black hair, black beard, yeah, and a black chair, uh, and they're going, dude, <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> um, right there, yeah, oh, yeah, Sean Spears, uh, yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> awesome. I, 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 I think they're building this feud really well, though, between oh, yeah, Jeff and Darby, and this is this is fantastic. It's just another example, though, of you know, it, it's not the marquee top of the card world title, any title situation. But these are two of the building blocks of the future of AEW and they're getting such an important story, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be about a title right now. It doesn't have to, to do that. Uh, You can tell good stories and I hate to throw in a negative. This is the kind of stuff that, you and I have talked about we want for the women's division too. That is literally what uh, I was about to say. Like, yeah, this is when I was saying on the rampage thing, like the difference between the two mm-hmm. sides of the roster. This is yeah. what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you've got Some... the pillars of AEW's men division if you want, yeah. and they have all this fantastic like depth and story and stuff. You then go over to the women's side. And it's just apart from Britt Baker, who's got yeah a bit of something going on. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's so bizarre, yeah. and it's so frustrating at the same time. Yeah, I just don't get how nobody's yeah in the company has gone. Huh, that's a point. Uh, yeah. Even if you have something with the title over there and then one story like this for now, yeah, you know, something where it's something. where there's d- details put into it and emotion and something where it's not just, hey, I'm going to interrupt you backstage or whatever, um, which I, I still, you know, the one thing, the one feed I was looking at in and I hate to get on the sidetrack away from the uh, the show, but the Serena Deeb, um Sheeta story mm-hmm. about keeping her from getting that 50th win that whole thing that I, st- I still hope there's more meat to that because we we fan off the tournament brackets later and there's they're gonna be facing again but uh that's the one s- s- story that's happening away from the title that i really like and yeah. i hope they i hope they flesh it out though i'm still afraid that it's just gonna be two matches, you know, and it's going to be very linear and without layers or anything, yeah. so anyways. The thing is, though, so. as well, it's like they can't even use the excuse now that a lot of the women in on the women's roster are, like, indie, mm, because they've here. been, they've been here. Yeah. like, doing this now for quite a while. Um, Alright, mm. some of them have only just come in or whatever, like, you know, yeah. but yeah. 
if still yep. age was it, uh, one of my yep. biggest bugbears mm-hmm. of anything to do with AEW so yep. much. <laughs> but yeah. But I just want to bring that up because this this segment and this feud is as good as it is, is the, is the example of what we've talked about, what yeah. we want for the women's division. So wanted to point that out because I think yeah. this is kind of what's missing. This right yeah. here is what's missing for the women's division. Some and depth. I hope, hope they figure it out. Yep. Because yeah. we want it. Um, then during an interview with AEW women's champion, Britt Baker, we found out that we officially have that title match, uh, for full gear. It will indeed be Ty Conti versus Britt Baker for the AEW women's title. I'm excited for this match. Yeah, I am. It's, it's going to be good. Um, <clears throat> yep. it is going to be really interesting because Ty Conti is one of these people that she is so full of bubbly energy. Like, mm. and it's it's so foreign to me. Somebody being that happy, um, yeah. I just don't like can't grasp my head around it. But then when she's in the ring, she literally turns it off. Yeah, and that um, to me is like one of her most like drawing things to watch her wrestling is because she's all fun smiles and everything coming down the ramp but as soon as that bell goes completely different person yep it, it is a is a night and day i would speaking to that i would love to see baker take this to a, a place where we get ty conti coming down the ramp at full gear not bubbly Mm. Uh, to where you, you you have that, I know you. It's cool to see the switch, mm-hmm. but it would be nice for this match for something to happen between now and then. Whether it's you know something else she does to Anna Jay or something she does to Ty Conti, you know yeah. something. Where, uh, because I think if anybody can bring that out of somebody that's bubbly, I think it's Britt Baker. Yeah. So just just to get that edge where you see Conti coming down the ramp for the first time, going, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> she ain't bubbly. You know, this yeah. is, it's on. It's on right from I the mean, get-go. It's on. You could even, you could even take it further by her gear being darker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like a whole aura darker. Just, just visually. Like, yeah, just just really make it dead intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then have Brit really work for it. Like, really, mm-hmm. really work for retaining that championship, which we assume yeah. mm-hmm. she's going to do. Yeah, but I really want to see like that, like <sighs> side of Britt Baker where she gets a bit stressed out and a bit like, oh my god, what do I have to do? Like type thing, um, yeah. a bit like what we see with um, Kenny when he starts to like think, why is this person that I'm obviously better than? Yeah, um, oh, but he's not better than you know what I mean in his <laughs> mind. Um, yeah not going down what what do i have to do yeah that yeah you gotta find something be, else um i want to see that from her like that she just for whatever reason ty conti is just not giving up and um, mm-hmm. so yeah so i'm interested yep. Yep. um and speaking from a women's of... section to yeah. one women's match just so you get all your women what? in one bit <laughs> Before before we got to the match, though, we did they did give us 
the full women's uh, TBS title we got bracket. Three women bits then. Yeah, they were. They were kind of tie them all together, but yes, they they Just revealed. Can't handle it. <laughs> they revealed the TBS women's bracket. Um, and, and look with this bracket, something I really really liked. Um, positive here is the the thought process behind this bracket. The four women, other than Conti, because Conti is in the uh, going to be in the women's world title match with Britt Baker. Yeah. At full gear, the other four women in the top five got first round buys in this tournament, yeah. so they're automatically to the second round. I like that detail, that thought, because it's there's, mm-hmm. it's not just a random bracket. Like the people that are ranked got a bonus, you know, which it is matters. cool. So, so this is how the tournament will go. Um, the winner of Anna J versus Jamie Hader will face Thunder Rosa in the second round. The winner of the Bunny versus Red Velvet will take on uh, Jade Cargill. Uh, Serena Deeb and Sheeta will face again in the first round, and the winner of that match will face Nyla Rose. And the winner between Penelope Ford and Ruby Soho will get Chris Statlander in round two. So that's how the uh, the TBS tournament will will uh, will be set up. And I, I really like that. I like that that thought behind it, though. So my only thing with this entire TBS women's belt is mm-hmm. <laughs> stepping mm-hmm. back to a negative for one second. Um, Go ahead. We only get one women's match. So does this mean it's just going to be the TBS? match every week um, or are they actually going to do something <laughs> well I'm, I'm hoping because we have the two titles now we'll have the, the women's title and the TBS title I'm hoping this will afford us more women's time on TV uh, we'll see I mean you know it, it 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 opens the room for there to be more now whether it will or not I don't want I don't them know. to start putting this on dark and dark elevation. This needs to be on TV. But when no, you look I, at the, I don't think it's going to be that. So no, it's just but, the T- TBS thing. I don't. Yeah. But, but when you look at how much um, match time the women get over Dynamite mm-hmm. and Rampage compared to the men, yeah. how are they going to fit in the two titles and a match that's enough to do with a title? <laughs> True. Yeah. It, it's so. So you're you're thinking, hey, we're, we may get stuff around the two titles and we not, may just get uh, one thing on dynamite and one thing on rampage and that's how we're getting i hope not i hope, hope. not because i'll be yeah. really annoyed yeah but yeah that would be that would be annoying but i do like the way that the tournament is set yeah up, i though. like it it's just <laughs> do, um it makes me n- nervous <laughs> nervous okay <laughs> right and rightfully so the way things have gone right yeah so. um i can't can't argue against that um but uh, we, we kicked off the TBS title tournament immediately after the announcement of the bracket because uh, it was a first-round matchup, Penelope Ford versus Ruby Soho. And in the end, uh, the ref saw that brass knuckles were tossed in uh, into the ring by um, by the bunny. Penelope was trying to get those brass knuckles. The ref was trying to kick them out of the ring. This whole thing was distracting to Penelope because she's trying to cheat and she get distracted by her own cheating uh, and distracted her just enough for Ruby to roll her up for the victory. Uh, so Ruby picks up the win afterwards. It looked like the bunny and Penelope were going to gang up on Ruby 
uh, just as they typically do. Uh, but out came Red Velvet for the save, as it will be Red Velvet taking on the Bunny in the TBS tournament first round also. So how did you like the, the match and the uh, the save afterwards? Um, I, need, I need to see more Ruby Soho. Just, yeah. just say it, AEW. Um, yeah. She's just phenomenal. Um, Penelope yep. Ford's great as well. Like I'm not going to take anything away from her. She is really good, but Ruby's my girl. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I, I love this. I love the whole uh, Rick not seeing the brass knucks and like, wait a second. No. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, thank God we're not doing the same thing over and over again. Um, so yeah, I love that. Um, very happy that we've got the win. Yep. But again, uh, the same stuff keeps getting repeated in the women's division. Where Penelope and the bunny attack, and someone comes to the save, but it's not—it's not anybody that's technically aligned with Ruby. It's somebody to do with what's going to happen next. Um, yeah. Because, yeah. like, wait a second. Ruby got aligned with Chris Statlander and Riho when she first arrived. They've never been mm-hmm. seen again, remember? Um, no, no. And it's just, ah, <laughs> really yeah. Um, I really hope they don't do Ruby Soho dirty in this whole women's division. Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, she's got we'll a, a good shot at being the first TBS championship, uh, champion. So Yeah, and she's I, against I would th- Chris Statlander, so that's like a little yep. tiny link. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would think she would be a favorite in this thing, but we'll... Mm. But she'd also say Jade might be a favorite in it too. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few of them you could make a case for, but I would yeah. think she would be, you know, in, definitely in the conversation. So she could come out good in this, but we'll see. Um, then it, it looked like we might have a blow up between Warlow and MJF. This is such as, a fun segment. Yes. Uh, as the big man told Max, he didn't appreciate being used as a sting shield last week. <laughs> Basically, that's what it was. Uh, but before it could escalate, Max did what Max does, and he uh, he squirmed off the hook, uh, apologizing somewhat for for doing what he did to Wardlow, and then said he would help Wardlow out with the pressure that he might be under by signing him Sean Spears. As his accountability buddy, did yeah. I get that right? A- yeah, accountability, accountability buddy. Yeah, <laughs> the look on Sean Spears' face. Like I had no idea. <laughs> like what? Yeah, yeah. Huh? You're not running past these things for me anymore, Mike. And yeah. this was brilliant. I loved the whole. I like because obviously it started with. Um, MJF and Sean Spears having a little light chat and MJF going, do you look all right in this? And Sean's like, yeah, buddy, you look good. And like, they do yeah. that little thing, finger thing. And it's just like, okay. Uh. Then Wardlow comes in, like, um, looking like he's going to bounce both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and MJF's just like, you're doing a great job, but I realize you're under a lot of pressure. So I've assigned you an accountability buddy. Accountability. And then, so then MJF walks off going, uh, pinnacle for life, baby. 
And Mondo just goes to show his face and just goes, hey. <laughs> With his little chair, like, hey. I got mm. a chair. Um, yeah, I don't think Sean Spears was um, giving a heads up on this. No. <laughs> no. Uh... MGF is just using these two like little puppets. It's just... It's just... <sighs> Accountability. I just can't. I can't get past that. That verbiage. <laughs> he's just brilliant with so... words. He's such an a hat, but he's so good with words. Um, I want to. I want to see that worked into a t-shirt somehow. You know, I, I'm what does accountability buddy. Or, or want to be my accountability buddy? Something where I could. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways. But no, I uh, mean we are. We've turned the heat up once again on Wardlow's little yep. issue with MJF. It, it keeps going down and then it goes back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, but MJF just keeps figuring out a way to kind of, eh, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hold that thought. <laughs> yeah. So, but eventually, eventually it's covered. It's covered. It's just a matter of time. This is such another long storyline. Mm-hmm. I think when they started, this was around <clears> time. MGF wanted Moxie's title. This entire Wardlow not being happy thing. Mm-hmm. So we were like up to like a year. Yep. So it's it's going to be a. And it's just bubbling in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just under the surface. Um. This this next match is pretty quick. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it shouldn't take too long to talk about it. It was Bobby Fish versus Anthony Green. Um, and after a suplex into the ropes and delivering the last rights kick to Green's head, Bobby Fish got the fairly easy pinfall victory. But it wasn't over there. Uh, Bobby Fish wasn't finished. He as he continued to to pound Green after the match until CM Punk came to put a stop to it. Uh, he had seen enough, and we get a stare down between the two. Punk letting Bobby Fish know that he had gone. Just a little too far, so it got us a little, little feud, a little something yeah. between Bobby Fish and Punk. This is going to be quite an interesting mm-hmm. little matchup. Um, I still can't get over the fact that they are not Bobby Fish's teeth. <laughs> every time, every still time. on the mouthpiece. Still can't get over it. Um. Seriously, it just weirds me out. Um, yep. Yeah, so this this is kind of like punk being like I don't know, like the overseer of people being well behaved in AEW. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. No. Yeah. <laughs> punk says no. Um, yeah. I- so. <laughs> yeah, I think I think with it, it would have worked a little better, felt a little more uh, fluid. I think if Punk would have been on commentary the whole time for this, and like yeah. they're they're calling it, and Punk's like, uh, he's like, somebody's got to do something, so he takes his headset off and goes, you know, that kind of yeah, like that, or even coming over the yeah. mic and like the yeah. mic out instead of just running. Yeah, um, but uh, it still worked. But it just it I think it still work. I just think. Um, yeah. Again, just, like I've said, everything with Punk that they're doing right now is for that crowd to go, we saw mm-hmm. Punk, um, and for yeah. that pop for everybody. I get that. Yeah. But it still should have a bit more meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. 
Because if you'd have had him on commentary saying, is, is nobody going to stop this? Like, yeah. are the refs not going to come in and do anything? Like, if nobody's going to do anything, then I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> JR, are you, are you going to do something? Like, yeah. Tony, are you going to go? <laughs> Somebody. Uh, so, yeah, that would have been good. But, but hey, I, I do. I think Bobby Fish versus CM Punk is going to be a fun one. So, 100%. so hey, there you go. Uh, and if if we were wondering whether or not Leah Rush was truly trying to put a wedge between Dante Martin and Matt Sidell, that question was answered right here. As Leo told Dante that they have their first tag match together on Rampage. It'll be Dante Martin and Leo Rush versus the Sidell brothers. Yeah, if that doesn't let you know what Leo's up to, then I'm not sure what will. I just love the fact that um, Dante's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Uh, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do you want to tell is... me these things before we do interviews? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm very intrigued to see this side of Leo Rush. Um, mm-hmm. I've, not see, I've not seen him wrestle. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the the casino battle royale. Yeah, when he was um, the Joker, which he didn't really do much. He just like no, ran in no. and got thrown Came out. out. Tons um, of energy. So I've not seen him wrestle for ages now. Um, again, I just keep thinking, what's Dante's brother just like at home watching, going, "Hello." <laughs> yeah. Or yep. like when, or when they like have family dinners and stuff like. Seriously? <laughs> like yep. I'm being replaced by Matt Seidel and Leo Rush. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. now, so is, yeah. As much as I like this Leo, I do like this Leo Rush character. Though. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's too close to Big Money Matt? Do you think that the characters are too similar? Because if he's coming in like, do I can change your career? Come with me, like do this. It kind of because when Matt first started doing that, it had that kind of feeling. Like, although he's mm. using the contracts, like, come with me and I'm going to get 30% of your money, but you're going to be making more money because of this. There's a little bit of that money thing with Leo Rush, too. Yeah. So I just, I, my only concern with that is that if, and I know you would be okay with this, like, do we need to phase out Matt Hardy yes. in order to accentuate? to elevate the Leo Rush character because if you got those two at the same time they're kind of leeching off of each other I guess mm. you'd say um, so yeah. yeah so you're you're cool with phasing out Big Money Matt to 100%. make room for, for um, Leo, Leo Rush yeah I mean they were Leo Rushes mm. I believe him more than Matt Hardy <laughs> <laughs> I believe he can do stuff you Matt trust Hardy him a little see, more? Where Matt Hardy seems to tell people, I'm going to make you loads of money, and then they always lose. Yeah. Um, and don't make money. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not 100% sure where this entire Leo Rush character is going to go. At uh-huh. the moment, it does seem like it's on the same path as Matt Hardy's. But I feel like there's something else might be going on, and I'm not sure what. Yeah. Did you see on Twitter where he... Uh made a play sort of for powerhouse Hobbs. No. And, um, um, Taz took exception to it on Twitter. No. Said, you just been here for a cup of coffee. Don't try to poach talent or something like that. (laughs) So there's, you know, whether it's, whether it's story or whether it's just a little fun on Twitter, 
it's interesting that at least Leo, there's been a, a hint that he's interested in Powerhouse Hobbs also. Mm. So hmm. something to keep an eye on. Something yeah. Keep an eye on. Uh, let's see. Uh, next, we had another world title eliminator tournament match, Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston. And this one ended in a, a little bit of, uh, I'm not going to say controversy, a little bit of worry. Uh, I feel yeah, like there was an audible call. Yeah. Um, Lance Archer went for a moonsault off the top rope and landed on his head. Yeah. And rotated. Very scary. Um, yeah. Doc Sampson was checking on him uh, on the outside. He, he rolled out of the ring uh, and the doc was checking on him. It looked like he was kind of arguing with the doc whether or not he was going to get back into the ring or not. Uh, it, either way, he got back in, and in doing so, Eddie rolled him up yeah. for the for the victory. So it did feel like an audible. It was an awesome match. It was a hard-hitting yeah, was match really up good. until that point, but it really changed yeah. changed the outcome when that when – that, uh, uh, the unfortunate accident happened. So Yeah, I mean, I, I when I saw it happen, I was like, that doesn't look right. Mm-mm. That oh, like his head sort of like bent back. Um, a little bit. I was just like, that's that's not a good landing. Um, no, nope. yeah, he's a big I, guy I, too. That's a lot of weight. That is a lot of weight to go on your mm-hmm. head. Um, yep. I do agree. It must have been an audible. I do think. I'm not sure if Eddie was always going to win. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's interesting. I don't know. But the way the way the tournament was laying out originally before this match, mm-hmm. the way that I thought it was going to end up was always going to be Motspear, um Brian Danielson. But I always thought if we had that threat of Eddie v. Mox, mm-hmm. it would be an interesting kind of... Um, little mini like add-on thing for them to kind of work out yeah but it was never going to happen in that sense because yeah. i never think eddie was going to go over brian danielson no so i don't so. I, I don't think it was meant to go any other way than eddie win i don't know but that just my like looking at how the was laying out that was my thought to begin with but yeah. I just think because of what unfortunately happened, I think mm-hmm. it just got speeded up. Yeah. Um, and something that was overshadowed completely by the way the match ended, because that's everybody's focus from that mm. point. Like you kind of forgot everything that happened before that. Uh, Tony Nice was at ringside. He was in the crowd. Um, and they pointed it out that he was one of the hottest free agents in professional wrestling. Um, so I thought that was, that was nice. I mean, they normally don't do that with, mm-hmm. you know, having somebody in the crowd that's a free agent, but the fact that they showed Tony Nice yeah. uh, makes you think <clears throat> at the very, if he's not contracted by AEW at the very least that he's going to get some type of match, whether it's a TNT title shot, kind of like Bobby mm-hmm. Fish did something like that. So yeah, we may be seeing Tony Nice. Fairly soon in an AEW ring. Yeah. And also, I just want to like, um, <clears throat> mention as well with this Lance uh, Archer. He's not really yeah. had a lot of luck recently, which is really no. 
sad because he's such an amazing wrestler and performer and guy in general. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I just hope that, look, we know he's okay. Like, I shared yesterday a post from his Instagram story. Yeah. He's saying yeah. that he is fine, he's a bit sore, and he'll be back. So, that's really good the fact that he's not done any mm. major damage and yeah. he. He's banged up, but he's okay. That's um, good. Yep. But I just hope that when he does come back, that they can really do something with him. Um, because I feel like AEW doesn't really waste talent in the same mm. way that other places do, in my opinion. Yeah. But I think they're missing the ball with Lance Archer, considering he came in so strong. I feel like he's kind of been kind of put to the side a bit and I'm not all for that if I'm 100% honest. I just hope that this doesn't have an adverse effect where he looks at what he's doing in AEW and decides, well, after my contract's up, I'm moving on. Because I think he really could do a lot in AEW, I just think that he's either had a bad run of luck or he's just, every time that opportunity's been there, they've not pulled the trigger on it. And I feel like they need to do something soon, otherwise they could lose an amazing time. Yeah, and 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 I'll tell you, they're they're gonna, that's that's the thing, We're, we're getting to the point in AEW where they're gonna lose somebody. Yeah. There's the the roster is is stacked right now. It's getting more going. stacked. It does. Uh, and and eventually, you know, we talked you know talked about eventually some of the problems will uh, solve themselves because some contracts will end and won't be renewed, or they'll mm-hmm. decide not to renew them. Whether AEW decides not to, or the talent does, uh, it's gonna happen. And it's part of the yeah. business. Um, I like it that AEW is not just cutting people. I don't. Yeah letting things play out and uh, let it happen the right way, I guess, unless there's a reason to cut somebody, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's beyond their control. <clears throat> but I think that Lance Archer's kind of in the same boat with Brian Cage. I know Brian Cage has been mentioned a lot, mm-hmm. um, whether he's been used correctly or not. There's been a lot of talk about that. It's, and you can argue things on both sides uh, that some booking could have been, could have happened differently uh, for both guys. Um, it's, it's subjective. It all is. We, we don't know how happy somebody is. Lance Archer may be the happiest guy in the world with his, with how things are. Yeah. I, not, but not with falling on his head. Nobody's yeah. happy about that. And we're glad he's doing, doing good after that. But, but he might, because, because he's getting to work in you know, new Japan and, mm. and other things too. He may be happy where he is doing yeah, what he's doing. So. Uh, however, though, it does feel like, as you pointed out, that that window for, at least for championships mm. is kind of closing for Lance Archer because it doesn't feel like he's going to be anywhere near the world title anytime soon. And we've seen the way the things have shifted with the TNT title. He's been in that picture before yeah. and didn't pull it out. Now we're going younger with the TNT title. We're also going younger with the AEW title. Yeah. So, um, but we'll see. Uh, we, yeah, we never I mean, know. He, he, we, you hate to lose somebody like that. Exactly. But. And also, it's just like when you were just talking, then I was just thinking, and it does seem that AEW, 
don't have a problem. They just seem to sometimes have a bit of difficulty putting the big guys in yeah. certain places. Um, I because mean, it is a smaller company. I mean, yeah. smaller in the size. It's not uh, you know, WCW used to say where the big boys play because they had some big guys. And yeah. WWF's always had, and, and WWE's always had bigger, bigger guys. Mm-hmm. AEW's more athletic. Yeah. Um, not undersized, but but more athletic guys where it's not the big hulky dude. So I feel like the only <clears throat> big guy that actually gets like some proper time is Will Hobbs. And I think mm-hmm. that's because he's in Teen's house. Yeah. And he's out a lot of the time um like with the faction type of thing. Yeah. Um and Wardlow, in a sense, to, will probably get that too. Which we used to too. see Brian Cage do when he was in Teen Taz. Mm-hmm. It's like they need... They can't book the big guys without having them surrounded by smaller guys. Yeah. Um, It's such a weird thing. Yep. It just, yep. It's just weird, and I just hope they don't... Yep. If 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 Atlanta Sergeant happy, or if he is happy, I just hope that AEW doesn't drop the ball and we still get to see him wrestle in AEW because he is brilliant. Yeah, yeah I love Atlanta Archer. And I and Absolutely. I love his music. So yeah, <laughs> of course, of course, of course. Uh, <clears throat> and next we heard from somebody you definitely love. That's yeah. Dan 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 Lambert. Oh, of course. Because in a segment that started with a verbal sparring between Dan Lambert, Ethan Page, and Scorpio Sky, and TNT champion Sammy Guevara, this ultimately led to Lambert and the men of the year getting run out by the inner circle, minus Jericho, because Jericho's on his his little cruise right now. We also found out that we're getting the 10-man tag match between the inner circle and Lambert squad at full gear. But Sammy has to defend his TNT title against Ethan Page next week in order for that to happen. Also, if Sammy loses that match with Ethan Page, he not only loses the TNT title, but he has to leave the inner circle forever. So, I know you're a huge fan of Lambert. So, Big fan. <laughs> so, uh, how did you like the way this segment went down? Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was okay. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> it was all right. It was, it happened. Yeah, um, it did. It did. I, I just, see, I get the reason to make the stipulation. If Sammy like loses, then he leaves in a circle forever. Um, yeah. I get that's there to make tension, but the problem is, is, it doesn't really work because Sammy's not losing the belt. <laughs> no, he ain't losing. So, yeah. um, yeah. So that was something that happened, and it just kind yeah. of—I don't a hundred percent get yeah. why this is happening. Um, I—I've I, still, again, I've said this. This whole feud's grown on me, so I'm still looking forward to this. This ten man. I'm looking forward um, to the match. Yeah. I just don't like the whole hullabaloo around it. 
The yeah. only bit in this that I loved is Sammy, like, basically dressing down Ethan Page. And yeah. the fact that the inner circle actually turned up. <laughs> like, yeah. They absolutely went, yep. do you know yep. what? That's one of our guys. We better go out <laughs> before mm-hmm. they start beating him up. That's the <clears> bit I was like, oh, thank goodness for that. Santana Ortiz are here this week. Um, yep. so yeah, I like that bit, but the rest of it, I could really do without. Yep. Personally, the segment did seem to run on a little uh, yeah. long, longer than it needed to. But what we what we got to, I I liked the fact that I, th- I do I am going to enjoy Ethan Page versus Sammy Guevara for the TNT title. I still I think the whole losing. I agree with you. Leaving the inner circle stipulation is a little too much, you know. Mm. But it is what it is. Um, but I think the match is going to be great, and I am looking forward to finally getting. Uh, that ten man tag match at full gear. I yeah. think that's gonna be a gonna be a fun one. Um assuming uh the Jorge Mazadal is gonna be in the match and he hasn't been in a in a match yet on that MMA side of things. Uh we've known, you know, him and Jericho have, that's been kind of the meat of the feud between these groups. Mm-hmm. Um so I think I think that's gonna be interesting. And I'm I'm gonna love if leading up to full gear we get a tag match also between the men of the year and um, Santana and Ortiz. Oh, 100%. Uh, I want to I see that before full gear is a little bit of a preview. I also, just before we move on, I would also just like mm-hmm. to say, can we please stop using, um, in quotes, gay innuendos as a bad thing? Uh, and I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I saw your, uh, you had retweeted uh, Sidgwick, I think, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I, I can honestly say, and I, I see it afterwards, I missed it during yeah. the show. Uh, that doesn't mean it wasn't meant that way. No, no, I know. And, and, it, it, and if it was meant that way, I, I don't agree with it being used as something negative. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally, it went over my head. When I heard the line, that I was trying to figure out when I, when I saw the Sidgwick tweet, I said, what's he talking about? Then I looked, went in the comments, and I'm like, oh, the stick. It would, mm-hmm. I forgot how he worded it. Uh but he I was he was referring to the doing? microphone as a stick yeah. with Sammy it, being bad at promos or whatever. But it was but now that I listen to it back, I'm like, yeah, that could have been like viewed two different ways. That could have been um, better. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed it the first time, but looking back, I could see definitely how yeah. yeah it could be viewed that way. And if that's how it's intended, yeah, not cool with it either. It's not. Oh. It's not. A, it's not a good thing considering AEW is this all-inclusive company. Yeah. yeah, it's just a bit. I get that they can write their own stuff, but yeah, it's, yeah, just, but... it's just happened a few many times where not always down number, um, but definitely yeah. around these types of segments. Yes. Yeah. So, so I'm watching you. Yeah. Tread just, just you know tr- tread lightly. Yeah. There you go. All right. Um John Moxley doesn't care about titles, ratings, demos, Twitter beefs, none of it. What he cares about is getting back home to his daughter each night after his matches. So so in this business that he's in, that means he's gonna get them before they get him. And he's going to win this whole tournament. Uh, so John Moxley laying out what's really important to him now, how fatherhood has changed his perspective, but it seems like that perspective he has is 
gotten him into a um, a mindset of where it's it's kill or be killed, basically. Yeah, and, and uh, you don't <laughs> you don't want to be on that side of John Moxley. Yeah. No, I mean, I love I love this entire segment, and like when John Moxley ever says anything, he looks at the camera like it's not there, like he's just looking at you. And you can see it in his eyes that he's literally speaking truth. Yeah. And I think that's yep. such a hard-hitting thing that a lot of wrestlers um, try to achieve, but mm-hmm. not everybody does. And he's one of them that you just always are like, oh, okay, I get it. All right, calm down. I get it. Um <laughs> I just love how, though, at the end of it, he just casually turned around and drank some water. <laughs> yeah. Like, All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His promos are very authentic. Yeah. Um, that's probably the the easiest way to describe his promos. It's very believable. Uh, very. Very. I can uh, imagine when authentic. his daughter's older, he's gonna like say stuff to her, and he'd be like cutting a pro water, and she'd just be like. It's we've mentioned it before, but it's becoming even more obvious that you know there's a a thing between Adam Page and John Moxley, loosely a yeah. thing, like a a little bit of something. But you know, we look at how they're both child, their fatherhood has changed both of them. Yeah, Pers- perspectives one. It's making him more angry. The other, it's making him more um, believing in himself more because mm-hmm. he's he's you know he's he's becoming more comfortable in his own skin. Where Moxley, it's just uh, it's bringing the more violent side out of him, if that's even possible. So I don't know. Well, I love the but, fact that one has had a girl and one has had a boy, and there's a difference. Well. <laughs> Stop worried about them girls straight away. As as a father with a daughter, I could, uh, yeah, I can see that coming eventually. (laughs) And that's someone's daughter. I can agree. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Adam Page, he's in this very next segment uh, because we uh, we saw the Dark Order was reunited with Adam Page for just a minute backstage as Page apologized for leaving leaving them the way that he did, uh, but also gave them a piece of advice. If the Dark Order is looking for revenge against the elite next week, and it being so close to Halloween, they might want some costumes. They might want to dress up a little bit. And this, this got our friendly cult really excited, and Paige left them to their own devices. They were really excited <laughs> trying to figure out what they were going to be. So, how did you like this going, segment? Going, I've got a wardrobe full of costumes and everyone's like <laughs> we know I was just like Ugh. there's a story that I'd like to know about um, yeah. yeah, I don't want to know <laughs> John Silver just acting like a child um, yeah. just getting really excited and hyper about it yeah I, yeah. Um, I just with the Dark Order like I get these segments I get that they are in front of a camera I get they are set up but I just love the fact that the Dark Order were arranged like they were on little podiums. <laughs> <laughs> like a little choir. Yeah. Like, and then off. at the side, 
Hangman just comes in at the side and they're like still sort of looking at the camera, sort of looking at Hangman. It's just like it's a really bizarre uh-huh. setup. It's like be natural, guys. No. <laughs> nope. I can't be natural. There's a camera right there. <laughs> oh, it just made me laugh. And there's a hangman right there. <laughs> there we go. Um yeah, so this next match. We had a um couple of quick ones this week. Uh, this being one of them. Yeah, but uh, seriously, jo- this has to be match of the year, no? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm putting it in. I'm, a, I'm gonna put in a vote for it. I think. Yeah. Um, Jungle Boy took on Brandon Cutler. He barely took him on. Uh, Jungle Boy took on was, Brandon Cutler. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Uh, it was over in a flash as uh, the elite's coolest stooge was forced to tap out to Jungle Boy's snare trap. I mean, it was over so so quick. Afterwards, Jungle Boy said this was just a warm-up. He wanted another member of the Elite to come out. No one did, so Jungle Boy locked in the snare trap on Cutler again until finally Adam Cole came out for what seemed to be a match. Man, we're getting, we're getting Jungle Boy versus Cole again? No, it was just a trap. A trap that ended with Jungle Boy taking a BTE trigger from the Young Bucks on the ramp, a boom from Adam Cole on the ramp, and then he was tossed off of the stage through a table. Jungle Boy left in a heat after this. So it it started off so well for Jungle Boy. Uh, Taking out the stooge and ended in a disaster because there was nobody to save him. Look, I love this so much. Um, I love the fact that Ran and Cutler tried to do the Panama Sunrise. Oh, God. <laughs> I was, yeah, I want, that was I want funny. A, I want a section either on Dynamite or something where Adam Cole's giving him, like, absolute hell for that. Just like, yeah. seriously. Like, that's mine. What was um, that? Yeah. So I love that. I love the fact that like Jungle Boy literally had the snare trap on for like 0.5 seconds and Brandon took this like furiously tapping out. And <laughs> when Jungle Boy called for another member of the elite, what I thought was gonna happen was the young box or Omega dragging out Michael Nakazawa. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for them like kicking him out, going, Go on, you go. Save him. Save him. <laughs> um, and then like the others would come out. But I love the fact that we're still keeping this Adam Cole is targeting Jungle Boy since day one. Um, yeah. I just, I, I think this is also another thing, like what I said um, regarding when Malachi came out with um, Andrade on Rampage. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like it's AW going, look, we know you like Adam Cole. Very excited he's here. But he's a bad guy. <laughs> Look, he's just thrown over like a baby face. Yeah. Over like everything. Um, like, please don't like him. Just, he's a heel. He's... Pass it on. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> he just killed Jungle Boy. <laughs> yeah, tell everybody. Like, pass it on to your friends. Let them know. Um, send a tweet. Yeah. Do something. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to work. No, um, it's not. I just they're love all that. Gonna, they're really trying. Um, they're all going to say Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, no exactly. What you do. And Adam Cole at the end was going, this is our world, Jungle Boy. And it's mm-hmm. like, you've been here like five minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's his world now. Yeah. Yep. 
course it is. Um, Miro in this next me- segment, he's he's in another world right now. He is. Uh, Miro's arguing his, with God. Um, yeah, yeah. Miro's anger towards his God continues to grow uh, in this promo. He he's angry that he's being tested, angry that he feels he's been forsaken, but he's about to start snapping necks and following a trail of bones back to his wife. And like he he's says, not gone home since he's lost the title. No, like he's, he, he's got. Do you remember that remember that place that Lance Archduke's hideout at? Like the big yeah. concrete place. I feel like that's where Miro is right now. He, he's, he's there, but he's, I think he's in a closet. He's in like a closet somewhere in that building because it's just really dark. <laughs> but he said he'll eventually hold his wife with blood on his hands. What a lovely sentence. Like, Shit! I mean, just a chilling promo uh, from the former TNT champ. Beth, it's 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 brutal. It's a uh, you know we were worried about what would happen to this character without the title. I think it's it's even better. Um, I think, and we have He hasn't had a match since he no. lost, right? Okay, no. I was making sure I hadn't missed that, but. Well, um, that it's amazing that his so. character has developed so much without even having a match. Yeah. And when when AEW invests into something like this, they do it really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the development of these characters without even having matches. It just yeah. keeps further in that. Uh, because I'm more interested in Miro now than I was when he was the TNT champion. And I was really, really interested in him then. Yeah. I thought that was an amazing run with that title. Uh so I'm um, I'm interested to see where this goes. 100 for sure. Um, all right, you want to introduce this next match? No, because I'm not bothering with it. I'm just done. <laughs> the main event for tonight was a shambles. M- Ma- Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. Three. Um, wow. Uh, look. You know, I'm not going to go through all the different moves. We'll go over some. We'll probably hit some of the spots here in just a little bit. But in the end, Malachi seemingly had him beat. He seemingly had Cody beat. He hit the black mass. Cody's momentum took him, took him into the ropes, kind of hanging through the ropes in the corner, which kept Malachi from being able to get the pin. So he had him beat. He looked strong. But moments later, Cody hit his. His second crossroads in the ring. He also hit a crossroads earlier through a table, which left both of them bloody. Or left Malachi bloody. Cody got bloody later. But anyways, both of them were, had color. But this, he hit his second crossroads in the ring on black. That wasn't enough, though. He picked him back up and planted him with a Tiger Driver 98, pulling out another trick that he had, doesn't use often. This was finally enough to put away Malachi Black. So, Cody Rhodes picks up the win in the third contest of Malachi Black. Are are you okay with this? No. That's not a surprise at all. I'm furious. Okay. So mad. Um, Look, I'm going to say this every time, but I'm saying it again. 
mm-hmm. I like Cody the person. I don't like Cody the character wrestler person. Okay? Buckle up, Slick. Buckle up. I mm-hmm. just... It's getting to a point now where every time... I love his music. Okay? Mm-hmm. But every time Shit. I hear it now, I'm just like, oh, God. <clears throat> what now? Like, what? What's going to happen? Um, I'm so annoyed that however you want to say it happened, Cody ended up having the black mass hit on him and then fell into roots, uh, ropes so couldn't be pinned. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you've literally got to be kidding me. Um, I When that happened, I was like, no, you can't do this to me. Like this isn't this isn't fair. This is not how it's meant to happen. Um, kind of felt like it was over at that point to me. Like when yeah, he... and that's why I was really mm-hmm. frustrated. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. How how is Malachi not beaten Cody Rhodes? How has Cody Rhodes redeemed himself in such a short space of time to be able to beat? This guy, and all he's done is arms had a bonfire in his back garden and burnt a tie, and he's been slapped around the face by his people from his like wrestling school. How how, how has this made him all of a sudden be able to conquer, you know, the black forces that are Malachi Black? Um, yeah, not hundred percent sure why arms got in the ring. Um, yeah, again, a little. He just seemed a bit mm-hmm. lost muddied there for a while because you had, you know, Pack involved, Andrade. Yeah. I mean, Chris, they didn't really get involved in the match necessarily. I think Pack cleared out Andrade. Yeah. So, a little a little muddied there for a little bit. You're right. And iPad man got spine bustered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Malachi Black, Black missed it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just... Um, I, I, I genuinely love the fact that Cody got a few cheers but generally, it was still booze, and I can't believe they are not reading the room. Like, it's it's not happening. <laughs> it, for sure, when he hit that, um, the second spine—I mean, second spine buster—the second crossroads. I think that's when I heard the booze more audible. Yeah. Than the rest, because so I think the crowd was kind of sensing that. Wait a minute, Cody's going to win. Yeah. And so there's. Uh, the booze seemed more audible, and it might have just seemed worse worse on TV than it did live. But I I definitely noticed it. I was like, hey, not mm. not the cheers. So I'm not I'm not sure what this does for Cody as a character. If yeah, um, where he Malachi, goes. Yeah, it's it's one of those. Where, you know, honestly, do you think? A question I want to ask you for sure: Do you think this damages Malachi Black? Um. I did originally, but I saw a post that he put on his Instagram, which made me think that it may just be that there's more to this than is obvious. So he mm-hmm. put this on his Instagram um, with a photo in black and white of him, but with the blood coloured in red, so it stands out. and. Yeah. It says, the quote that he put with this picture is, the entire world is a graveyard. And if you think this was about putting my shoulders on the mat, 
you're rudely mistaken. My job was to destroy you and your world. The entire world hates you. You've become the beast I set out to make you. And I was willing to sacrifice my blood for it. Enjoy the seeds I planted for months. House always wins. Ah, I like that. Yeah. So I think that in a way, mm. Malachi's kind of like tried to make everybody hate Cody. Tried to peel the, away Cody's like goody mask to shoes. Yeah, the mask <clears throat> away from him, trying to show everybody which I've always known, uh, what he's really like. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, so, um, like that as a fact. And I just think, like, Malachi's character from this, what I've read into it, is more along the lines of showing AW fans what the people they idolise are truly like. Hmm when you strip everything away. Um, yeah. Which doesn't go well for a lot of people in AEW. So, thinking about so, Omega. <laughs> um, so it's not necessarily, you would say, about showing the, um, bringing out the worst in somebody. In his mind, it's bringing out the truth in people. Yeah. That's good or I'm, bad. That's what yeah. I'm... Kind in his of, mind, anyways, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of, because when he keeps mentioning about Hades mm-hmm. originally, that's taking the souls to the afterworld. Yeah. So that kind of like is taking the essence away from somebody, mm-hmm. which could be the facade. Yep. And he stripping he wears, the character down. He wears, yeah. he wears a bare skull mask. Uh huh. So there's no, that's the bare bones type thing. I'd probably read yeah. way too much into this, but hey. I had to do something to distract myself from the absolute <laughs> state I was you, in. You were trying to find the positive in this somehow. I was really and I, trying. I, I appreciate um, that. That's awesome. Instead of just being like, ah, oh, just let it all burn. Who cares? It's terrible. You were literally like, let me see. There's, there's some, there's a silver lining. Yeah, that's awesome that you were trying to find the silver lining. I know this is progress. This is growth for me. It's Um, almost like he's bringing out the the truth in you in this. This is amazing. I will have to write him a tweet telling him thank you for the free therapy. Um, She really is a sweetheart. (laughs) She She really does love Barbie. No, she doesn't. That's too far. Um, Okay. Got Barbie, maybe. Um, okay. But yeah, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I just think like I'm interested to see, and I am interested to see what happens with Cody because he's not getting the reaction that he has in the past. When he threw his weight belt, he got a cheer because a little kid got it, but he generally thought yeah. that was for him. As he looks around going, yeah. And it's like, no, every stream the kid got the belt, dude. Um, so I'm, I'm curious how he talks about this coming, mm-hmm. like, the next few weeks or something. I'm curious how Malachi will respond to this, apart from, obviously, what he's posted on Instagram. I'm 
to yeah. see what both directions these two go in. If we're going to have a part four, can it be a while off? Because I don't think I could take it. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, I'm also curious to see how Cody addresses the fans' reception to him. Because I've seen somebody mention that he talked about it on Rose to the Top. Now, obviously, I've not seen this because we don't have it. Um, but apparently, the booze got in quite emotional or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I haven't watched it either. I've, I haven't so, seen it. I'm behind I, on I, I'm, only just, I'm only just saying like, that's what I've seen somebody write on Twitter. So I don't know if it's true or not. But he's got to... He can't keep doing face because no one wants him to be face. Yeah. I don't think... It... <clears throat> I get that he can do what he wants. It's his life. It's his career. But I don't think people have taken kindly to the fact that he's gone off and done... Um, the talent show that he did. And then mm-hmm. he's doing this Rose to the show. Top thing. I don't think fans are really... I don't think they're thinking that's a babyface move. Um, and I think that's why they're yeah. kind of more giving him a heels reception. But he's just not... It's just not being taken. Yeah. And it's really bizarre to see somebody trying to do like face work but getting mm-hmm. that type of crowd reaction when the guy that's meant to be the heel is getting yeah. the cheers it just seems so it, backwards but and it, it comes off it probably you know because you're doing those shows where you're a baby face on those shows but from a company that's this that's built around uh, you know no part-timers really yeah. everybody's like a full-time performer that's probably where where a lot of that mentality would come from because they're like okay cody's not full-time in this now he's doing mm-hmm. the hollywood thing you yeah. know which is where i think it it's weird because i know he's a baby face on those shows he's himself which yeah. he's a great guy yeah he's a fantastic um, guy yeah but from a character standpoint in the ring it's like he's going off to do hollywood stuff so that lends itself to more of a heel mm-hmm. persona um, because of the treatment. Not that mm-hmm. he's being treated any, any differently, but the perception yeah. is there that he's getting to do all these cool things that the other guys aren't, like Malachi Black and mm-hmm. Ricky Starks and stuff like that, which, you know, some of those guys maybe own the show, but you know what I'm saying. It's yeah. not, they're not their shows. Uh, so it's it's that perception. So I, I can it, – it is a, an interesting dynamic, I agree. So what did you think one of thing, it then? Well, one positive though, I will I will bring out of this. It, it's it it okay. Let's say Malachi won this match. There's like a that. lot less. There's a, I know you would like it. Uh, yeah, of course, and I, and I wouldn't have a problem with it either because I I, I love Malachi Black and I want to see him come out on top in this whole feud. And mm. he has won two out of the three matches, so technically you could say he's you know. If we're the best of three series, he's the winner. But mm. it's, you always talk about the last guy who won. Yeah. Um, but with that, if Malachi had won this match and he won all three, there's a lot less to talk about than with this ending. With this ending, there's more of us to question, more of us to wonder what's next. What's yeah. next for Cody? Cody won this. How is he going to deal with the reception he's getting? What's going to happen with Malachi? This is Malachi's first mm. loss. You talked about what he said, his 
his whole goal was it's not mm. about necessarily wins and losses. It's the, you know, so there's, there's a lot more um, chatter going on around this and yeah. interest in what comes next than there would be at Malachi one. Mm-hmm. Malachi one is pretty clear. It's like, okay, Malachi is dominant. Cody, uh, now, you know, it's, it's a lot less worrying about what's next for Cody because we kind of got a little bit of that. What's next, mm. you know? And then if he loses, and like, oh, now what, you know? Yeah. So I just think there's a lot more chatter coming out of this, uh, more interest in this now than there would be if Malachi had won. Yeah. In my opinion, I know you would have liked to see Malachi win no matter what. Uh, I just would have thought that the way if Malachi had won, the way that it could have gone was a lot more with Arn and, you know, hate. It's done X, Y, and Z to try and, like, get Cody out of this funk. It's not worked. You could go down that story. And Mm -hmm. Cody could eventually turn heel because Arn's abandoned him all this type of stuff. I just feel the win is going to push him more to stay face. Um, That's probably, for me, not the right call. And I agree. Personally, I would have uh, enjoyed... Um, a heel turn win more for Cody, uh, mm. and I think you would. I think you would have handled it better. Yeah, yeah. Because it would have felt like it had a purpose. I, I wouldn't have eaten a there. full pack of cakes so. and donuts. <laughs> Stuffing your face with cakes and donuts to cope with Malachi losing. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, it is what it is. But I, I do. Uh, aside from the fact that I would have liked to seen the heel turn be part of the win. Um, I do. I think more people are talking about this for a lengthier time because of that ending. Like we we wouldn't have talking about talked about this match as long as we have if not for the way it ended. I think it's probably the same way of conversations on Twitter and mm. other other podcasts and talk shows or whatever. I'm sure they spend a lot more time talking about this match because of that than they would I, have if Malachi had simply there won. Is one guy out there <clears> that is super duper happy. And his name is not Cody. His name is Slick. <laughs> yes. I'm sure he is ecstatic. Uh, don't blame you, dude. I don't blame no. you. No. You got to win. Um, yeah. <laughs> there you go. The feud continues uh, between Sarah and Slick, I think. <laughs> Over this Cody Malik, I think. We'll see if there's a four. Maybe not. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but... Uh, we are all excited about uh, the upcoming shows for AEW. He's back on Wednesday. Yeah. Yes. Life gets um, easier. Yeah, it will. It will get back to normal a little bit. Um, we're never normal, but no. it'll get back to a more of a normal schedule. Uh, we'll put it that way. Uh, so coming up on Dynamite, uh, we have the Dark Order. Uno, Grayson, Silver, and Reynolds versus the Elite, consisting of the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Adam Cole. Bye-bye. Sammy Guevara versus Ethan Page for the TNT title. And as we said, according to the stipulation, if Sammy loses, he's out of the inner circle. But we know it's not going to (laughs) happen. Seriously, right. If 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 he loses... I literally uh-huh. think I will combust. <laughs> you can't take Malachi losing to Sammy being out of the inner no. circle. 
in a that's span too of much. a week. Yeah. Um, then we have a TBS tournament match. It is Serena Deeb versus Hikaru Shida. I'm really, really looking yeah, forward this to this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the world title eliminator tournament match for Dynamite will be uh, number 10, Preston Vance versus John Moxley. And if Mox um, doesn't win that, I'm literally done. <laughs> <laughs> She's tapping out if Moxley loses too. Uh, but yeah, Moxley's in a in a mood right now, so I don't I don't I don't think that's happening. I think Mox has got this. <clears throat> um, and then we also have Bobby Fish versus CM Punk. So, uh, yep, and the and the team. <laughs> Uh, yeah, CM Punk will have to take on Bobby Fish and his mouthpiece at the yeah. same time. But what will CM uh, Punk wear? Yeah, yeah. I hope CM Punk brings his own mouthpiece. That would be <laughs> fun. That'd be fun. Uh, and then we have two matches announced for Rampage. If there was a third, I totally missed it. I only saw the two. Uh, we have a world title eliminator match: uh, Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston. And then we have the Sidell brothers versus Dante Martin and Leo Rush, who will be making their debut as a tag team. I'm really excited to see Leo Rush back in the oh ring. Oh, God, that should be so fun. Yeah. So two awesome episodes of AEW TV lined up for us, so we are looking forward to that. On our um, way to Dynamite on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then we will be getting ready for Full Gear. Full Gear is right around the corner. Uh Man, what date is full gear? You know off the top of your head? Fifth. It's the fifth, so it's like that's like really, really coming. Yeah. It's okay. On cool. bonfire night over here. What is bonfire night? We celebrate the time that one guy tried to blow up houses of parliament. <laughs> huh. <laughs> you know, cookie English people. Um is, who who's the guy? Guy Fawkes. That's that's the, the V for Vendetta dude. Yeah, right. that's not the actual guy. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's what that's all. I know. <laughs> that's that's my knowledge of that is oh, V for Vendetta. Yeah, that's the that's the guy with the the mask and the thing. But it's not uh, the actual guy. But yeah, that's that's again. That, the, the that's actual, my the actual guy. Fox is like hundreds of years ago. That's that's my uh, that's my knowledge of of British history is uh, V for Vendetta. But please, before you leave us, <laughs> before you leave us, don't forget to uh, to check out all of our other content: our uh, Dynamite and Rampage reviews, Q and A's, topic discussions, interviews, and reviews and previews of pay per views. Also, please give us a follow on Twitter. You can follow the channel at BTX the Beard. You can follow me at Let the Beard Play, and you can follow Sarah at Strange underscore Pixie. You can. And uh, if you don't mind, give us a follow on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you podcast at. So thank y'all very much for listening. Y'all be good out there, be good to each other, and we will see you on the next one. Bye-bye. That's that's my uh, that's my knowledge of, of British history is uh, V for Vendetta <laughs> and uh, and Love Actually. I think that's that's the other only other. What's Love Actually got to do with politics?
that's some British movie history anyways, right? That's not the greatest romantic comedy of all time, isn't it? 